Thank you for listening to our New Life Christian Center podcast. Stay tuned after the sermon for more ways to connect with us. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We've been talking over the last several weeks about walking in God's amazing or awesome future today. And I I want you to know that, that if you want to wait until you get to heaven to get all the good stuff, I guess you can. But he actually designed for those things to be a part of how we function in today's reality. And so uh, I, I just encourage you to go ahead and, and, and do your best to accept what you read in the Bible as being a fact. Amen? So today's message is entitled, The Peril of Understanding Before Faith. One of the greatest difficulties in the church today is that people believe they have to understand something so they can believe in it. There's a peril to that. What does peril mean? Peril means an an implicit or an implied danger, a risk, a hazard. So if you're in peril, it doesn't necessarily mean that something bad is going to happen to you. It means the possibility exists for something to happen. You can be in safety and peace or you can be in peril. Does that make sense? And so when you put understanding, when you have to humanly understand what God says first before you put faith in it, you are in peril or in danger. Look with me if you will. Well, let me give you my first, the first quote, would you please? And I'll, either, we've got four of these. There's actually more of these, and I don't know how many we're going to get to today. But we're going to keep talking about this, and, and uh, hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. Um, So never let the word of God come down to your experience and understanding alone. Just because you have an experience, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it wasn't God. Okay, allow God and his word to elevate you to his experience. Let me give you a simple example of this. How many of you have, don't raise your hands, how many of you have ever had somebody do something wrong to you? They they picked on you, they said something or whatever. How many ever been, don't raise your hands, how many ever been done wrong? How many ever desired, still don't raise your hands, this is the embarrassing part. How many of you ever desired to get even with them? Let me explain something about getting even. Here's the evil person that spoke to you. Here's where you live in the kingdom of God. To get even, you'll have to refuse to elevate to God's standard. If you want to get even with someone, you've got to refuse to elevate to God's standard. I'd encourage you not to be in peril. When you refuse to elevate to God's standard, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It puts you in danger. It means you think you can handle what you're going to go through. It puts you in danger. I'm going to give you four perils today. Peril, peril, number one. Seeking understanding first. Most of us want to have a satisfactory intellectual relationship with what we're going through. Okay? So, for example, you'll hear things like this of people who are seeking understanding. Something that we don't understand happens. Okay? Whatever that is. And then humans will come up with really interesting reasons for why it happened. So for an example, some people will say everything happens for a reason. Again, don't raise your hands, but can I just point out to you that everything happening for a reason isn't as bad as thinking that you know what the reason is? That's a bad deal when you think you know, 
right? And so I've heard people say, and I've done my share of funerals and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I just, I just hate going out by, the, by the, the family when they're standing there shaking hands with everybody and they're in a fog, right? They've been, in the last five days, they've been through hell on earth almost. And then somebody will come through and say, well, God needed another angel in heaven. Now, let me just point out to you, to you something. That level of understanding is nuts, it's crazy. But what do we do? We have to have an understanding. I've heard people say that they didn't have enough faith to get healed. That's nuts. You didn't do it because of what you believed. God did it because of his plan. Can you understand that if you get understanding first, you will eliminate your need for God and faith. How many of you, you can raise your hands on this one. And I don't know how many hands we're going to get, probably none. How many of you truly, fully understand salvation? This invisible guy 2,000 years ago, the invisible to you 2,000 years ago, said, it's a good idea if I die, and God seems to have a plan here, so I guess I'm going to let evil people pound railroad spikes through my hands and feet, poke me in the side with a spear, let me die and be buried. And that sounds like a good idea. That doesn't sound like a good idea. That sounds like a terrible idea. And yet that was God's plan. I don't understand that. I just want to tell you something. I have faith that Jesus died for me. I don't understand it. Because when I look at me, I don't deserve by understanding his sacrifice. If you think you do exactly deserve it, they have rooms for people like you in 72-hour holds. You're nuts. See, there's some things that God does that are just above and beyond us. And you're not going to understand. That lady, that pastor that, that had that church is so smart. It went out over the airways like our service does. And this lady, over the course of about three hours, grew three toes. Well, first of all, put the camera on that. I'd like to see that. Why? Because if I can see it, I can believe it. All right. And the pastor, when he was, so people started hearing about it, and, and he got called, he said, can we interview you? And he says, no. He says, well, can we interview the person? No. And he said, what a wise guy. He said, I'm going to protect her from you. Because you see, once you become the celebrity who had three toes that grow back, and you get in the celebrity three-toe preaching circuit, and everybody looks at you and says, well, if you'll do what she did, you don't know what she did. And so if you pray this way, listen, this happened in a satellite church where the, where the superstar wasn't even in the building. He had to find out about it after the fact. It was actually a visiting pastor who was at this guy's church in Missouri or somewhere like that. Some podunk area that hardly God knows where it is. <laughs> and God did something because she didn't say, I guess I need to understand how God grows toes. Somebody offered and she said, hey, that's me. I need a recreative, reconstructive miracle. First of all, it takes a certain level of guts to raise your hand. 
when she rose, when she raised, when she lifted her hand. <laughs> Come on, I don't conjugate well, okay? <laughs> when she raised her hand in a satellite church, no one but the people in that room could see her raise her hand. The guy with the anointing is in another building 25, 30 miles away. And so then the people, brilliant people sitting around her said, I guess we should pray. Well, hey, there you go. And they prayed. They had their own little healing service and the miracle guy was in another room in another town. You don't need understanding first. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Are you ready? Now listen, you may not realize you have this problem, but I'm here to tell you as your pastor, you have this problem. Because you always want answers to what's happening in life. How can God allow for a pandemic to come floating through? How can God allow for a political downturn to happen? How can God allow for... Doesn't God know that I'm about ready to consider retirement and I don't deserve an economic downturn? Didn't, didn't you know that, God? I asked God that one time. And because God deals with you in ways that you'll hear... God said, hide and watch. <laughs> watch what I do, he said. I went, okay. By, are you ready? I'm telling you, you need this. I'm telling you, you need this. You say, oh, I've read this before, Pastor. Nope, you read it backwards every time you've read it. By faith, we understand. By, how do you understand? Not by experience. How many of you faith is in some areas based on your experience? How many of you have trouble having faith in healing because you've never seen healing? We keep praying people up here for the last, I don't know how many weeks, we keep praying people in front of you. And they'll say, you can't believe what happened. I mean, I don't know whether you think the, the, the miracle that happened in Daryl and Melinda's family, and, and I lost your daughter's name, Kelsey and, and Ryan. Kelsey and Ryan, I mean... That's some serious stuff. They're getting ready to cut her open. Oh, by the way, it's gone. By faith, we have to understand that. How does God do that? I don't know. But the Bible doesn't give you extra parts, okay? So if you've got extra stuff in your body, it's God's business to take it out of there. Well, I don't believe that, Pastor, because I don't have faith for that. You don't need faith for that. You need faith to be in front of your understanding. By faith, we understand. Not by understanding, we have faith. Say amen with me. Not by under, understanding does not produce faith. Faith comes, say it with me, faith comes by the hearing and hearing by the... Very good. How does faith come? By understanding, of course. No! I'd like to teach this as just the only point I touched today. We don't have faith because we understand. We understand because we have faith. Do you see it? Man, write this down. We do not understand because we have faith. We have faith because... Nope, I said it backwards. Did this, did this make it on the internet there, Jeremy? Because I wrote it right. You don't have faith because you understand. You understand because you have faith. That makes sense. I don't know how God heals people. 
I don't know. I know it happened in Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. I can't quite understand that. How come God doesn't have to be present to do that? Well, by the way, he is present. You should understand that. That's one of the things you have faith for. Where two or more are gathered together, there he is in our midst. Look around. He's here. You say, well, I don't believe he's here. Why? Because you can't touch his nail-printed hands? Thomas? Look at this. Here's your quote. When intellect and understanding attack my faith, I know the wrong things. When intellect and understanding attack my faith, here's how it attacks your faith. It's not possible. You know, there's some, just some stuff for God, just not possible. No, God says it's impossible with man, possible with me. Put your faith first. God can do everything. Nothing's outside of his scope of interest in your life. God can do that. So what we do is we allow our intellect, well, I've never seen that. And it attacks our faith. And we know the wrong things. See, we don't see miracles sometimes because we're so dependent upon everything but the miracle of God. When intellect and understanding attack my faith, I know the wrong things. See, some of the stuff of God doesn't make sense. So for an example, he said when a man and woman get together, the two become one. That doesn't make any sense. That does not make any sense to me. You know, it actually says that you lose your identity. My wife and I have been married a long time. 47, almost 48 years. We've been married a long time. We know a lot about each other. And I rarely want to be away from her. Rarely. There's that occasional time. See, my wife doesn't have my filters. So I told her the other day we were driving, and I had just finished writing my sermon, and we're driving somewhere. And I said, okay, I need to tell you this. Because when she gets in the car, she likes to chat. Chat, 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 chat. And I said to her, I just finished my sermon. It's still rolling around in me. If you're expecting me to respond, just wait for a second. Because I'm still processing it. Okay, I just was, I'm sorry. And I, I you know, and, and so here's my point. <laughs> when your intellect attacks you, when your understanding attacks your faith, you know the wrong things. You're going towards the wrong things. And so I want you to get this through your, through your mind here, through your head, that, that when faith is active, it produces understanding. The only understanding you actually need is to understand that's how God intended it. That's what God did through Jesus Christ. That's how God thought about you when he loved you, right? So you get your faith before understanding. Are we all together? Look at 1 John chapter 5. I put most of these, and I don't know what uh, Jeremy put on the, on, online, and I assume it's on there by now. You can get it. But I put the whole text of a scripture in there because it's so important for you to get this understanding of the peril that happens if you don't keep things in the order that God gave them to you. By faith we understand, not understanding produces faith. Now notice this, verse number 4 of chapter 5, 1 John, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Here's what most people think, I've got to grow my faith, I've got to become dynamic in the Lord so that I can overcome what the world throws at me. But the Bible says, he who is born of God, if you're born again, you overcome the world. 
People say, oh, no, I don't overcome the world. No, the only reason you're not overcoming the world is because you keep telling God that you won't. You do not have to put up with that because of faith. But faith produces the understanding, not the other way around. And what the world and what the church has taught us is, well, read this book. <coughs> Take these 72, you know, CD series. Make sure and watch this video presentation. Get all this stuff in you so you have all the stuff you need so you can overcome all the stuff that comes at you. I want to tell you something. Faith says, when I got born again, God put everything in me I needed to overcome whatever I was going to face. Faith before understanding. If the devil knew that about you, he'd quit fishing in your pond. The devil fishes with bait that's attractive to you. Now, don't raise your hands again, but how many of you know a gossip? How many of you are? No, sorry. (laughs) When we gossip about others, we take our understanding of what they need and we put it in front of faith. People who drink need to stop drinking. That's our understanding. People who take drugs need to stop taking drugs. People who cuss need to stop cussing. You pick the thing. Smoking, chewing, chasing women. Well, they got, need, they got to stop that. Listen, I'm going to put this out in the air. Quit putting your understanding in front of your faith. What that person needs, whatever their problem is, is a good dose of Jesus Christ in faith. You overcome the world because you're born again. Not because you're so smart. By the way, if you think you're smart, you fit in a category that God calls fools. Don't touch that one, Glenn. Just leave it alone. (laughs) Verse number four. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, even our faith. And that faith is a gift from God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says that by, by grace we are saved through faith. And that is not a gift, or that is not a works, but rather a gift. God gives us the grace and the faith. He calls it a measure of faith. He gives that to you. You say, well, yes, but shouldn't we be building on it? Well, here's the point. He says building on it, not building it. Jude says, pray in the Holy Ghost, building on, it's that word, building in relationship to your faith. Build on top of your faith that you already have. See, God's not a respecter of individuals. Are you tracking with me? And for those of you who struggle with this, just remember when you're born again, God took away your sin. For God to remember your sin, he has to forget what Jesus did. If you're walking in the world pointing out everybody's sin, you forgot what Jesus did. Your understanding is in front of your faith. Because you know those people, right, who have like tattooed heads and men dressing in women's clothes or the other way around. If you're confused, your understanding is in front of your faith. Come on. The Bible says our God is not a God of a confusion. If you're confused, your understanding is in front of your faith. Are we together? You getting this? Because if you don't get this, I'm going to keep preaching it until God releases me. 
If you don't get this, you'll continue to strive to understand while neglecting the faith that God's put in you. See, I've never seen three toes grow back. I've also didn't see that a mass that was found inside of a young lady's uterus that had to be surgically removed and the guy went into her said it was in there I mean imagine his face when he came out into the room after the little gals waking up oh yeah we went and looked yep didn't find nothing thought it was there we need to quit putting our understanding in front of our faith faith over here says we've overcome the world well, there's so many bad things happening in the world. Okay. How many bad things are bigger than your God? Any? See, we can say that on Sunday, right? But on Monday, we have a heart full of complaints. Because our understanding says the world ought to be different. Isn't that awesome? Who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? There's nothing after that, people of God. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's your faith. Second peril, are you ready? We got one done. I got four on this page, and I have more. Remember, a peril is just when you're put at risk or there's a hazard there. See, there's a hazard when you do the, when you put your understanding in front of your faith, there's a hazard there. That hazard is works related. You have to work at this. But the Bible says that when you have to work at something, you're producing it. See, your faith is supposed to produce those things. Peril number two, seeking things through worry. Seeking things through worry. Now listen to me. Wrong understanding creates worry. If you don't understand that God has this stuff in control in your life, then you will worry about what's going to happen in your life. See, that's why the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 that he says, Consider the birds of, of the field, of the air. They neither sow nor reap. And I just want to tell you something. Them birds look carefree to me. I got a woodpecker outside my house in the trees in my neighbors. And I, if I had a chainsaw, I'd cut that tree down. That stupid woodpecker starts pounding away on that tree about five in the morning. <laughs> then he looks around like this. I thought, what are you scared of? Ain't nobody, you know, I mean, if it's me, you've all heard of my, you know, great ability to shoot a gun. So that woodpecker has no chance of being shot by me. I mean, zero chance. I couldn't hit it with a cannon. But you see, what happens is when our understanding is wrong, when you don't realize that my God shall supply all of my needs according to the riches and glory, and we don't put that first, that's what faith does, then we have this understanding that says, well, you know, i got to live just right for God to do this. Nope. See, your understanding gets before your faith, and then you will find that that understanding, wrong understanding, creates worry. If you believe in healing, like some of you probably do, when you get the phone call, like Larry and Fran Kreitz did, 1,500 miles away, can't help, uh, just pray. They, their, their plate is clear full of stuff. And, and the sister and brother-in-law, who they've had a strong relationship with for 70 plus years, let's say, 
in Larry's case, and all of a sudden you're helpless. Okay, the helplessness as understanding, if it gets in front of your faith, all you'll do is turn circles and dance. I got to do something. I got to do No, put your faith over here. The righteous man prays and delivers. Right? The righteous man prays. If any of you are sick, let him call for the elders and they'll pray and there'll be healing. See, that's what the Bible says. So you put your faith there, not your understanding. Well, I've prayed for dozens and dozens of people and then done their funerals. That's my understanding. In fact, I went through a time in my life where I decided never to pray for people because every person I prayed for died. Oh, well, that's not right. And because I'd never seen healing, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get my faith on the other side of that. And then I learned that my faith has to be first in my life. And that will cause all these other things to line up. That's Matthew chapter 6. Look at it. It says, which of you, verse 27, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? And that's where it goes on to talk about consider these things. And it's about food and clothing and all that kind of stuff. But if you get over to verse 32, it says, for after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Okay, you may not understand this as clearly as you need to, but the idea in the, in the Gospels about Gentiles are those people that the Jews believed would never find God. Okay? So it's an identity issue. Those people, Gentiles, who never find God seek after these things because they don't have faith that the God, the Messiah, that Jesus is, will provide for them. Because the verse goes on to say, it says, your Father, in verse 32, your Heavenly Father, thank you, knows that you need all these things. See, God is not expecting you to provide. He's expecting you to cooperate. Faith cooperates with the provision of God, not the other way around. I'll tell you, if you can't afford to give, your understanding is before your faith. You're looking at your checkbook. Let me point out something to you. You can make your checkbook look however you want. Let me help you with that. Get your checkbook out when you get home and put a one on, in front of the first number that's in your checkbook. It says how much you have. Put a one there. And then in front of the, Z, in front of the, the, the point there, put a zero. And you will just add 1000 or $10,000 to your checkbook. Yay. It's perspective, people of God. If you've got $1,000 in your checkbook, well, that ain't enough. Why isn't it enough? What do you need? What are you lacking? Well, I, I looked at the cupboard. Don't look at the cupboard. Tell me what you're lacking. See, your cupboard is only an issue of understanding. Remember the story when Jesus fed 5,000 people? He said to the disciples, you guys give him something to eat. Oh, great. We don't have enough money to buy even a small bite for each of them, one of them said. And the other one said, um, you know, <clears throat> we can't do this because all we have is a little boy's lunch. Two loaves and five fish. By the way, I'm not standing in that buffet line. Two hard biscuits and five dried fish in a brown paper bag that some mom gave to their little kid. 
then think of this way. Now I know that they didn't really steal it. I, I believe the little boy offered it. But I'm telling you what, this little boy brought to Jesus his happy meal. And Jesus turned it into a happy meal. 5,000 people got, well, that doesn't make any sense. No, he lifted it up to God. He changed his perspective. He said, Father, I thank you. In fact, in two verses before, he said he knew what he was going to do. He's going to turn the food they had available into food for 5,000 plus women and children. That's awesome. Look at, Proverbs, or look at Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Why? Because seeking the kingdom of God produces the faith that God designed for you to have. The kingdom of God works differently than the kingdom of you or the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of God brings an understanding with it. When you have faith in seeking it, all these things shall be added unto you. Are we together? Amen. Give me the quote, would you please? Worry does not add anything to you or empty your tomorrow of adversity. It only empties your today of the strength God gives you to go through his settled word. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Psalm 119, verse 89, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. See, when we live in faith, we live in the settled word of God. It does not produce worry. Some of you will be able to get a second job because the worry that you've been doing has been robbing you from your daily abilities. Because you just sit around and worry all day long. You say, well, why do I worry, Pastor? Because I know this is not, you know, forgive me if you need to, but, you know, we, we worry because we don't trust God. Right? We worry because we don't trust God. You say, I trust God. Sure. Right up to your understanding is where you trust God. See, I've seen God do some things. I can trust God for finances like nobody's business. I've seen people, right? I've seen people with, I, I tell the story often in here of, of one of my first ones where a, a lady that got just a little over $400 in welfare payments a month and had four children. And she said, well, pastor, if what you say is true, I should be able to be okay. And I said, bring your check. And we helped her see it. And we held her $44 tithe check for a whole month to see if she had money, because that's what she was comfortable with. Her children went to college. One of them's a nurse. You know, they, they all did things that are just, it broke the curse on their life. They, they got faith first. God didn't design them for generational poverty. See, I got, I got great faith for that over here. Why? Because I've seen it. And now God is saying, how blessed are you when you believe and don't see? I'm going, yes, that's where I want to be. Here's your third, here's your third peril. Walking by sight. See, what we see can produce understandings away from God's settled word. See, we see God's word and we say, nope, God did these things. He's settled. It's forever settled in heaven. And then we look with our eyes. And what the devil does is he gives us a distraction. In fact, I was talking with Tracy yesterday. I'm going to teach on these questions of distraction. So here's what happens. 
Somebody who's hardly saved, barely saved, maybe even not saved, comes into a church service, responds by simple faith to the offer of healing. They come up, God heals them. And some of us look at them and say, why would God heal them? That's a question of distraction. Right? Why doesn't God do that for me? That's a question of distraction. See, if you'll question God, you'll stop believing what God says. See, the devil is not working individually on each one of you. He's just taking the distraction the distraction and holding it over here and shaking it and getting your attention. Sorry, say amen anyway. Because we're distracted. Why? Because we walk by sight. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we walk by faith, not by sight. So when the devil or the world offers a disturbance with what you see in the natural, it interferes with what you can see in the spiritual. When the devil or the world offers a disturbance with what you see. Let me just take you down my personal road. You all know that we're believing with our family. We're walking in God's health and healing. We're we're spending every day basically doing that. And we're on our second time. And I just want to tell you, I have more faith this time than I had last time. Because I saw God do it the last time. (laughs) Now, that's both positive and negative, right? Because I'm now, I've now got faith because I saw him do it. And I, I realize God does those kinds of things. But in general, we want to get our faith without seeing in, in the first place, right? And so when the devil offers a disturbance, right, a question, what are you thinking here? I'm telling you, God is not interested in what you think. So when you hear that inside yourself, well, what do you think about that? That's not God. That's not God. That's just the devil giving you a distraction so you go down that road based on human strength and what you can understand. Well, the doctor says, um, can you just be with the Eggers for just a second and determine that you don't really care what the doctor said? Because God was already on the job. Yeah, it's scary when you hear those things. Don't put them on the other side of those things. Get your faith on the leading edge of how you live. Does that make sense? Amen. I'll probably teach this again next week. No, I won't. I really will. Easter is not going to catch up with me. I know next week is Easter. I will teach the best Easter sermon you've ever heard next week. It'll be, man, it'll be weak knees walking out of here next week because of the Easter sermon. But just in case I forget... John chapter 20 has a story of Thomas in there. You remember the story of Thomas? Will you put that up there? Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. You remember this story? Do you all know what, Jesus, what Thomas said about Jesus after this? He said, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side. Look at the next four words. I will not believe. We don't have this kind of language because we've been educated away from it. But that compound word that is will not, it, it's really a compound negative. It really would read like this. I will not, no, not once, never, ever believe. It's a compound negative in the original language. No, not once, never, ever will I believe. 
That's us. Unless I see it, I, nope, I'm never ever, because I can only trust what I can see. That's what Thomas said. Jesus came back, and it's, the Bible makes it important. You know, it says after eight days, his disciples were again in the inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, doors being shut, stood in their midst and said, this doesn't answer any problems unless you have spiritual sight. Peace with you. Let's examine what might have been happening. The disciples who had followed Jesus around for three years, now Jesus disappears after he was crucified. He comes and talks a little bit and then he disappears. This is right before he ascends to the Father. Okay? And so they're in there talking with each other going, well, what do you think? You know, he kind of said that to us and he was going to come back and raise from the dead and all that kind of stuff. And we think we saw him a little bit ago, but Thomas, now he keeps talking about it. He says, I'm not believing until I see it. Maybe Thomas is right. Maybe that was just us with such strong hope that we just, we just made that up. They're in a room together. They're having a conversation. When you're the instigator of a conversation that solicits people away from their faith, you're evil. You're evil. Blessings upon you. In the olden days, they believed you just sneezed out a devil, and that's why we said bless you as quick as we could back in there to fill that space with God. (laughs) Jesus said to Thomas in verse 29, look at this. Then he said to Thomas, Jesus said to him, Thomas... Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. It's so important that you recognize that we don't walk by sight and we don't put our faith behind our understanding. Now, Thomas wasn't condemned for all of this. Jesus showed that to us because he's going to show us throughout the life of Jesus, especially in the last two chapters of John, he's going to show us how to deal with these things because Jesus is actually going to disappear. And I'll I'll share some of that with you next week because I I just, I just feel like, you want peril number four, I'm not going to teach it. I'm going to, I'm not going to teach it next week. I'm going to teach it in two weeks. Peril number four is not living in the paid for. When you don't recognize what Jesus has paid for, you take your human strength into a situation and see how much you can get. We live in a paid for reality. Jesus paid for heaven to come to earth. When you don't live in that, when you put your understanding before that, when you walk by your side, you'll never see these things because everything has to cost. Everything has to cost. See, when the devil comes at you, he'll, he'll show you things, and then he'll say, you don't qualify for that because you've sinned. You ever wonder why Jesus doesn't actually talk with you about your sin? Again, for Jesus to engage your sin, he has to forget what he did. For God to engage you about how bad you are, he has to forget what his son accomplished. To even talk with you about it. Now I'm not saying that you don't have to receive Jesus. I'm saying God isn't talking to you about your sin. He's talking to you about his son. Does that make sense? Rather than saying, well, you know, that person, he just sinned too much. Well, just because he sinned more than you, which by the way, you forgot to count the sin that you have in condemning them to be a greater sinner than you. So maybe you're equal now. I don't know. But we see people because of what they do. 
I was driving, I wasn't driving, I was riding down Main Street, San Jose, Costa Rica. And I said to Clint Wisdom, why, 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 why'd you bring me down here? He says, you need to see this. I said, why? You know, I'm telling you, there were just like passed out people laying on the street. Just, just you know, dirty beggar types. And I'm just going, dear God, we've got to clean this up. And what I really was saying was, we've got to get this out of our sight. And so we came to this corner, and this little lady stumbled off of the sidewalk and came over. Power windows, it's, air, it's like hell hot down there. Power windows, and so Brother Clint rolled my window down so that this woman could walk up to the door, talking to me in Spanish, offering to sell me her body for whatever it costs for her to get a drug fix. I wished I could speak Spanish. And I wish I knew then what I know now. Because Jesus was on the job to fix that woman's life. But God used it for an example for me. And so now when I see people who are homeless, I'm not thinking about cleaning up the streets. I'm thinking about Jesus cleaning up their insides. Because they'll walk off the streets. Because Jesus is so full of wisdom that he'll cause you to forsake what you used to be to become what he has for you. Amen? That's a paid for. That's the paid for life, which we'll talk about in two weeks. We'll also talk about the issue of distraction in two weeks. Now I got two weeks to make that up. That's good. Amen. We'll talk about Easter. So anyway, as the music team moves, I I hope you got this. If you didn't, get online, download the outline, go back through it. Just keep processing it, people of God. Look for those little issues in your life where your understanding has short-circuited your faith because you have to understand this before you can believe it. Listen, this will transform our church if you'll just consistently keep your faith in front of your understanding. By faith we do these things. By faith we know. By faith we understand. Not by understanding do we have faith. Amen? We're going to keep going down this road because I think God has a dynamic future, an awesome future for us that he wants us to live today in the land of the paid for. Amen. Stand with me, would you please? Father, thank you for this time, for this message, Lord, that you put on my heart. Thank you, Father, that you took what is frailty and human words and turned it into powerful heavenly words. Life changing words, Father, in Jesus name. And we thank you for all that you do in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Go ahead, Mr. Crystal. Thank you for listening. To subscribe to our podcast, search New Life Eckley in all of the major podcasting apps. Audio and video of our sermons are posted at newlifeeckley.com slash live. And you can watch Sermon Slices weekdays on social media. Search at New Life Eckley. Our main service is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday. Thanks for listening.